ever needed help from the Lord? Amen. Lord, we need you to do it for us. Amen. But do it with us too. Amen. How many of you are thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with God's people on Sunday night. Amen. Thankful to be here tonight. Thank you to all of our guests that are here with us. I give honor to our pastor tonight for giving me this privilege to preach to you the word of the Lord tonight. I do pray that I can deliver the word as I feel it in my spirit. And I pray that you would leave this place on fire, charged up, ready to do something great for the work of the Lord. Amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 36. Exodus chapter 36. We'll begin reading verse 1 through 7. have it say amen if not look up Exodus 36 begin reading verse 1 says then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work notice he didn't just give them the ability to work but he gave them wisdom and understanding for that work, all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary, according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it with all. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made. People of God who are active, involved, they're doing things for the work of the Lord says, and they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. Too much. Tonight, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk to you on the subject. The stuff we've got is sufficient. The stuff that you've got is sufficient. Would you lift your hands right now? Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. 
God, I pray tonight that our eyes would be open to exactly what it is or who it is that we have. God, that what is inside of each and every one of these believers tonight, God, is enough to set this city ablaze. God, it's enough, Lord, for us to see the greatest revival that we have ever seen. God, it lies in the hearts of your believers tonight. God, and we speak your word tonight. God, I ask right now that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, and that we give you all the glory and honor and praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated tonight. If you're going to preach with me. I waited till you sat down before I said that. Notice it says it was the stuff they had. It wasn't the stuff that they would come up with one day. It wasn't when it was a more convenient time. It wasn't when we got into the new building. But it was right now, in this moment, they had what it would take. Look at your neighbor and say, I have the stuff. I want you to look at your other neighbor and say, and it's enough. It was something already in their possession. He said, what you have, it is sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. Or what another translation says is more than enough. I've come to tell someone here tonight that what you have right now in this season, in this storm, in this trial, wherever you're at tonight, maybe you're on the mountaintop, wherever you are at tonight, it's enough. You feel like your sacrifices have fallen short of what is required of you. You feel like you've let everyone down. You feel like what you have left in the tank is not enough. You feel like all you have is a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise and you're going to find two sticks so that you may eat and die. But you hear me tonight. What you have when you use it the right way, not only will it save you, but it will sustain you. What you have tonight is more than enough. What lies inside the heart of every believer, every child of God tonight is enough to keep you through this trial. It's enough to keep you on this mountain. It's enough to keep you all the way. It's enough. You see, some of us, we feel like what we have to offer, it has no value. So we choose not to bring anything at all. We are the lad with a small lunch. Jesus notices that the crowd is hungry that day. The multitude of people were there and people were looking around wondering what was going to transpire. But the Bible said in John 6, typically of Jesus, he knew. It says he already knew what he was going to do, but he was trying to make a point that day. So he went ahead and asked Philip, where can we buy some bread so that these people can eat? Philip does not even talk about the places. He doesn't say, well, the market might be open or there's a store down the road. He doesn't talk about where the places they could go, which is what Jesus asked him. But rather, he starts counting the cost. He starts seeing the impossibilities. He starts thinking what we call realistically. 
He says, Jesus, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may take even a little. He said, what we've got here is not enough. And even if we went and spent all of this money and brought all of this bread in, it's not enough. He says, Jesus, there's no way this is going to happen. It would cost six months wages to feed this many people. Then there comes Andrew, who says, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves. The barley was the bread of the very poor. It was the cheapest of all bread. It was the lowliest. And he said, we've got five pieces of this lowly, pitiful, poor bread. And not two fishes, but two small fishes. And then he says, but what are they among so many? He was saying, what we have is not enough. He said, we have found some stuff here, but it's not going to feed this many people. I pray to God that that lad did not hear those gentlemen talking that day. I pray that when people are around us, that they do not hear the church of God talking that way. Well, our choir is good, but man, what are they among so many? Man, our church is pretty, but it sure would help if we had better sound and better lights and better people involved. This bread and fish is here, but what is it among so many? It is not enough. You hear me tonight, we may not have unlimited resources resources and finances. We may not have the biggest and the newest and the shiniest. We may have some flaws and some scars. We may have been through some things in our life tonight, but what I have is more than enough for the work that God wants to do. And he already knows what he's going to do with it. He knows how it's going to unfold. He knows what you brought with you tonight. And he said, I know what's here. I know what's here that I'm going to use today. And I've come to tell somebody it is enough. Just let me, oh God, be willing that even in the midst of my haters, I can give God my very best. The truth is when we start looking around and being realistic, we do have the stuff. It may not be as grand as we thought it would be, but it is sufficient. And when God is done with it, it is more than enough for what needs to be done. We have what it takes to make it. We have what it takes to see revival. You see, the key is not in our own selves, but the key is in Psalms 20, verse 7, where it says, Some trust in chariots. And some trust in horses and some in lights and some in smoke machines and some in trickery and checkbooks of saints and some use candy coated messages. Some trust in government, some trust in stocks, some in educations and doctors and lawyers and some on talent. But we will remember, we will trust the name of the Lord our God. We can't rely on other things. 
things when we've got the greatest thing of all. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is the stuff that I've got than all the stuff that I am going through. I've got the stuff and it is sufficient. You hear me? We have the stuff because we have him. For Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified glorified together and the next verse just because I like it for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us we have heirs because we are his children we are the sons of God we are the daughters of God we are the children of God and when we are that We are heirs to all that belongs to him. John 1 and 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. When I've got Jesus, then I've got more than enough. God is not going to ask something of you if you are not capable of doing it. God is not looking for a way that he can embarrass you and make you look crazy. He wants to make you look good so that he looks good. The Bible speaks of a man by the name of Gideon who was threshing wheat in the wine press, hiding away from the Midianites because God had allowed them to prevail over the children of Israel for all their evil doings. The Bible says that the children of Israel had gone into hiding in caves and and dens and in strongholds until one day the angel of the Lord visited Gideon. He said, Gideon, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Who, me? I, I think that you've got the wrong guy. No, I've got the right guy. I'm talking to you right there where you're at, right in your hiding, right in your pew. I'm talking to you. Go in all thine might and thou shalt save Israel. Have not I sent you? He said, oh, Lord, I, I, I appreciate the offer. But how is this going to be? Because I'm from the least tribe and I'm from the least family of that tribe and I'm the least in my family. I'm the bottom of the totem pole. You can't get any lower than me. How is this possible? And he says, and the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. The next chapter, Judges 7 verses 13 and 14. This is in the message. Said Gideon arrived just in time to hear a man tell his friend a dream. He said, I had this dream, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the Midianite camp. 
it came to the tent and it hit it so hard that it collapsed and the tent fell. His friend said, this has to be the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. God has turned Midian, the whole camp over to him. You hear me tonight, Gideon. When the Lord says, go in all thine might, it matters not what you think of your might. It matters not what you think you have potential to do or not to do. When God says, do it and you do it and obey him, Great things are going to happen. What you've got is more than enough. Even as one man, you may be represented as that cheap, poor, useless bread. But you poor, useless bread, I'm wanting you to roll all over those Midianites and crush them. I'm wanting you to destroy them. I'm telling you that what I have purposed in you, what I have called you to do, you're not only going to do it, but you're going to do it exceedingly. You're going to destroy all of them and I'm going to turn it all back over to you. In our text tonight, there were people there who knew how to get the job done. But before we get too proud and boasting, it says in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work. For the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. Exodus 36 and 2 it said, And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise hearted man. In whose heart the Lord had put wisdom even every one. Whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. I pray tonight that there would be some stirring that would take place in this house tonight. That our hearts would be stirred for the work that is before us. That we would see the work that needs to be done. And every man, every woman, every child, every young person would have a stirring in their heart. And saying if there is a work being done for the kingdom of God, I want to be involved. I want to be plugged in. God, I want to be used however you want to use me. God, I know I don't have much to offer. God, but if you're telling me tonight that it is enough, God, I pray tonight that you would stir it up in me. God, to have a boldness to step out of my place of comfort. God, to get up and speak and teach Bible studies. God, to reach out to people in my community. God, I don't know the words to say. God, but I'm going to study. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask for wisdom, oh God, in that work that you need me to do. God, and I believe, oh Lord, that when I step out in faith, God, that there is going to be something that comes over me. And the gift that you have placed inside of me, oh God, is going to come alive and it's going to work in my favor. Paul told Timothy, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. I pray tonight that there would be a stirring. There were people there who knew how to get the job done, but they had to have a heart that stirred them for that work. I pray that we would see all the work that is there. 
all the things that need to be done. We have the greatest opportunity we've ever had. Word says that the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. God has already put in our hearts what needs to be done. He's already equipped you for the work that he wants you to do. You're already gifted. You're already called and you are already his child. You hear me tonight. You have the stuff that causes hell to tremble. You have the stuff that causes blinded eyes to be open. You have the stuff that allows you to walk in boldness and speak to somebody who's going through something and speak a word of faith into their life and things change. You have the stuff inside of you that can go to a mountain and say, be thou moved and it will be moved. That is what you have inside of you tonight. It lies inside of each and every one of us. If If we could tap into it and say, God, tonight I have the stuff. God, I have what it takes. I don't always act like it. I don't always talk like it. I don't always live like it, God. But tonight, Lord, I see that there is something in me and it is enough. We have enough for the job. But now it is time that we use what we have for the kingdom of God. What a shame it would have been for them to have all these giftings and talents and abilities and wisdom that God put in their hearts. Even their hearts stirred them, but they just came and and laid down strings and goat hairs and hammers and and screwdrivers and said, all right, Moses, well, we wish you the best of luck. What it would be like if one day pastor showed up to church and all the choir and all the band and all the media people who are so talented and gifted, all the Sunday school teachers, every greeter, every usher, every ministry head just came in and said, here you go, pastor. Here, here, here's all our stuff. Have fun. Just having it is not enough. There's got to be workers who know how to do it. There's got to be people who are gifted and anointed and called that are willing to say, I will put my hand to the plow. I will get involved. I will get in the work of the Lord and I will do my part and I will do it heartily. I will do it with a smile on my face and I will do it as unto the Lord. I pray that there would be people that would not just say, well, here's what I have to offer and I wish you the best of luck. But there would be people who say, you know what? I've I've got something I can contribute. I don't know what it is yet, but I'll I'll shake somebody's hand as they're coming in the door. I'll find a guest that I don't know their name and I'll show them the love of Christ. I'll walk out of this place and tell my waiter tonight that there's a church down the road that loves them and is praying for them. I'll do whatever I can for the work of God. I'll, I'll give my goat hair. I'll do the work. I'll put my hands in it. I'll get dirty if I have to. I'll get involved in the work if I have to. I just want to see the work of God move forward. Just having a net means nothing if you're not using it to catch fish. Just having a sling, young David, means nothing if you don't practice and know how to use that sling when you get out there and face that giant. Just having the tools and supplies does not mean anything if something is not being built. But it says that all of the men that knew how to work got to work. 
They got involved. They said, I'll pray. I, I, I don't feel like preaching. I don't feel like I have anything to say, but pastor, I'll pray. Pastor, I don't feel comfortable going out and talking and door knocking and doing all that, but, but I will pray. I will get down on my knees and I'll wake up in the middle of the night or early in the morning and I will get on my knees and I will pray. I, I don't sing. I'm not talented, so I can't promise that I'm going to sing in the choir. But if I can go teach some little children, I don't mind being around them. I'll, I'll get in a Sunday school class and I'll teach. I'll do whatever I can do to help the kingdom of God. I'll do whatever I can to be a part to help the church move forward. I'll play my part. It says all the women that knew how to weave, they did weave. It says that all of them that could spin, did spin with their hands. The rulers, even the rulers were not counted out of this. It says that they even brought. The men and women all brought whose heart led them to bring all of their work. There were some... God even gave the gift of teaching so that they could teach others how to do the work also. He had engravers, he had workmen, embroiderers, weavers, even them that do any work. He said, I don't want to leave anybody out. If you do any work, I'm calling for your help. If you do anything, if you breathe, then you come into this place and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. If you can contribute in any way, if you can lift your hands, if you could worship, if you could shake someone's hand, if you can do anything, work, any work, whatever you can do, do it. Whatever you're capable of, do it. Just simply coming with your talents and your giftings. Thank you. We applaud you. But do something with what God put in your heart. In our text, the Bible says that once they began to bring what they had. They spake unto Moses saying, the people, they're bringing so much. They're bringing much more than enough. For the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. So they had to send out a message. Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. My Lord, what would happen if we had to restrain people from bringing? Brother, I know that you've been inviting people like crazy, but we have a code and if the fire marshal shows up, they're going to shut us down. I know that God's been blessing you and you just want to keep writing those checks to the house of the Lord and paying your tithes and paying your offerings and paying more tithe and offerings and you keep bringing. If it got so much that somebody had to come up and say, hold, hold on just a minute, you're, you're giving too much. You're bringing too much. But we don't have to worry about that. We have to worry about too many people taking. What can the church do for me? What can it do for my family? 
Can this church feed me? Can this church take care of my children and all of my problems and all of my issues? Instead of walking in, as pastor said many years ago, instead of walking in and saying, where can I contribute? Where can I be plugged in? What can I do to help out? I just want to be involved in the work of the Lord. I just want to see God do something great. I want to see people saved. I want to see my loved ones brought back to the house of God. What can I do? Where can I help out? I'll do whatever I can and whatever I've got to do. My, if we could get that mindset that we had so much, that we had people bringing so much that we had. Could you get that in your mind tonight? That what was being brought in was so much that they had to restrain people. Have you ever restrained somebody? We've got some policemen in here. I know they've restrained people before. It means you're holding them back. You're keeping them from doing something else. You're putting them in a holding place. I can't imagine ever having to do that at the house of God. But it says that they brought so much stuff. They had to tell them you're bringing too much. What you've brought is more than enough. What you've contributed is more than enough. What you have brought God is pleased with and it's going to be just fine. I pray that when we see a need, we would fill a need. Let your heart be stirred up tonight. Start looking for ways you can give more. We have what the world needs. We have everything we need within us to make it. We have what it takes to not just barely get by, but to succeed. We have everything that is needed for the service of the sanctuary. For we are the body of Christ. First Corinthians 12 in the message says, God has carefully placed each part of the body. Right where he wanted it. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand would not be a body, but rather a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. You hear me tonight. We, we like the hand and the feet and the mind and the head. It's things we can see. It's things that are tangible. We see the high positions. We see the high places. But there are things that happen underneath that keep the body alive. There are people who are working and praying and doing things behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. But it is keeping the body alive. You can't see my heart tonight. But if it wasn't working, I would be dead right now. If my mind failed me right now, I could not speak. If other parts of the inward man began to die, I would fall over tonight. But you see, there is something working that I cannot see. There is people involved in the body of Christ you don't always see behind a pulpit. You don't always see doing things and teaching classes. But you are important. You are vital to the body of Christ. You are vital to what is being done here. Don't you dare 
dare say because you're not a hand that you're not important. Don't say because you don't have a microphone that you're not important. You do whatever God's put in your heart to do it. And you do it with all of your might. You go out there with your sling, David. You go out there with that lunchbox, young lad. You do whatever you've got and give it all to God. What you have, it's sufficient. It's more than enough for what God is wanting to do. Come on, let it stir you up tonight. Let it burn you up tonight. Let it set a fire in you that wakes you up in the morning saying, God, what can I do today? Where can I get my hands today? Send me a hungry soul today. Put a soul on my heart today that I could pray for. We can all stand in this place tonight. You hear me? The stuff you have is sufficient. It's more than enough. We are arriving on the anniversary of 9-11 once again. My wife and I were able to go to the 9-11 Memorial Museum a few years ago. All the articles they had... All the things you could read. It was so stirring to see all the stories and all the letters and the tears and the, they have voice messages from people that recorded on somebody's voicemail that they will play and let you listen to. And it just, it breaks your heart and it stirs you so much. But there was a window washer by the name of John Dempshire. He was falling down an elevator shaft with five other men. When one of the men finally reached out and pushed the emergency stop button in the elevator cab, mercifully stopped. The men began to smell smoke and they knew that they had to find a way out. These men, they pried the doors open of this elevator only to be faced with a wall of sheetrock. Fortunately, someone had a pocket knife and the men began cutting their way out but as if things could not get any worse they had to cut through the three quarter inch sheetrock layers Dempster recalled it was going to be hard still the men persevered we just started working we focused on getting out We knew we had only one chance. And then that one chance vanished when the blade slipped out of Dempster's hand, falling right down the elevator shaft. was not even his pocket knife, but the men were taking turns. And he was the one that dropped it. He said, I felt like it was all on me. It was my fault. I let the ball down. I I dropped it. I'm the one that dropped it. I was so upset with myself when there was a man standing beside me who looked over into my bucket and he saw this squeegee handle. I don't know if they've got that picture or not. When he picked it up, he began cutting and striking that sheetrock with all that he had with this squeegee. The men began taking turns, hacking away at the sheetrock. 
He said, we did not know what was going on in the building, but we knew time was running out. Dempster said they kicked and kicked and cut and hit and used the squeegee with everything that they had, busting through sheetrock and sheetrock only to find more sheetrock. Until finally they pushed against a tile wall that fell over and they found themselves underneath a sink in a men's room that they had to climb out of. These men escaped the building. It took them 90 minutes from the moment the elevator cab had halted in the shaft. But they reached safety only minutes before the tower collapsed. You see, some of us have discredited what we have not realizing it may be the very thing that can not only save me, but it can save those around me. We look and we say, oh, I failed. I dropped it. I messed up. It's my fault. All these people around me are going to be lost because I failed. But not realizing that I have something with me that may not be perfect. It may not be everything I thought I would need. Oh, but it's sufficient. It's enough to get me out of this hole that I am in. It's enough to bring me to a place of safety. It's enough to get me out of this place. I don't know what all you have in your bucket tonight, but I promise you, you have the stuff to make it. You have the stuff to have revival. You have the stuff for God to do the work that He wants to do in your life. What you have is sufficient tonight. I ask that you would take the hand of somebody around you and come to the altar tonight. And that you would pray with them. Declaring the word of the Lord. What we have is enough. I'm tired of watching the church get pushed into a corner. Feeling like we've got to apologize for being who we are. For people looking at what we have and mocking it. Oh, when it is more than enough. God, what is inside of me? It may not be perfect. It may have some scars and marks. God, but it is sufficient. Oh, for the work at hand. Young person, you hear me tonight. You have what it takes to see your friends saved. You have what it takes to make it. Elders, you have enough. There's enough in your tank. There's enough in your spirit. Oh, keep on bringing what you've got. We need it. Oh, God. Stir up, oh God. That desire, Lord, to do more. To be more, God. God, help my brothers tonight. Lord, let them be encouraged that they're not digging alone. That they're not trying to get out of this alone. But we are a body. I need you, brother. I need you, sister. I need you, mom. I need you, dad. I need you, Sunday school teacher. I need you, greeter. I need you, pastor. I need 
need you, youth pastor. Oh, God. I've got enough, Lord. Oh, let me give it willingly, God. Satalabakata. Ilolobo satabahani.